This is from Justin McCain, a podcast where Mike Robertson and Bob LaRue watch one critically acclaimed film and one terrible film and talk about how they are the same. From Justin McCain. Once again, I'm Mike, and here's Bob. Hey, yeah, same same two people as always. As always. And uh, we're back with another fresh episode. Fresh fresh off the press, yeah. Uh, what are the movies this week, Bob? All right, so our good film is the rom-com classic, and you know I'm partial to rom-coms, the 1989 uh, rom-com When Harry Met Sally. Yes. And our bad film is the Ang Lee action film, which came out in 2017? 2019. 2019, Gemini Man. Yes. I'm nervous it's actually not that bad, but I said it was bad, and so we picked it. Whatever, we'll get into it. But that's the bad film. According to Rotten Tomatoes, it's 26%. So consensus it's trash is that it's bad. according to Gospel, a.k.a. Yeah. Rotten Tomatoes. You know, when I was doing a little bit of research on the movie, I Googled, you know, how did... They do Gemini Man special effects kind of thing, and uh, in the you know on Google where it'll have other questions that are similar that people ask. One yeah. of them is why is Gemini Man bad? So oh okay, someone out so there it, thinks it, it is a conversation. It's a conversation. Plus, it was a box office bomb. Yeah. Okay. So I I, I think it's there, there's enough going for it in the wrong way that it is technically <laughs> a bad film. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Okay, well, cool. Let's start with Gemini Man just because it's the most near film. Yes. That doesn't make any sense. Whatever. Tell us about Gemini Man, Mike. Gemini Man is a movie that came out in 2019. stars Will Smith, Mary Elizabeth Winstead, and Clive Owen. Uh-huh. And it is about a character played by Will Smith who is the titular Gemini Man and that he was cloned by the Gemini Corporation is it not because he was born in uh, April or <laughs> January or whenever well, Geminis he, are born? By coincidence, he's yeah, he also is a Gemini. So yeah, so water signs, watch out <laughs> or something. I don't know anything about astrology. Someone who's listening to this is livid. What's a water sign? I don't know. Aquarius, maybe. Oh yeah, I think Scorpio is a water sign. Oh, I don't know. Right, it doesn't matter. Anyway, it truly Will Smith, not a Gemini. Truly maybe matter. he is. Who, yeah, who knows? Slash. Who cares? Question mark. So yeah, slash none of our business. Slash none of our beeswax. Truly a waste of time. Yeah. Okay. Sorry, Mike. I derailed this. Um. Yeah. So the movie was originally conceived in the '90s by a uh, screenwriter named Darren Lemke, and mm-hmm. the, the movie spent tw- nearly 20 years in development hell. And Darren Lemke, who uh, wrote which movie? Shrek Forever After. Really? Oh. Yeah. So so he's got some real cred. Yeah, I guess so, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, he's kind of done Jack the Giant Slayer, Shrek's Yule Log. Oh, Who's that's Bumps a rough two, Haunted special. Halloween. So hmm. he's, uh, I don't know, maybe he's a good screenwriter, but according to his IMDb and my opinion of the movies I've seen by him, I don't think so. 
This we're not very here to, genre we're not here heavy, to very holiday heavy, don't you think? Yeah. So um, the movie has been in de- was in development hell for twenty years, probably because the technology didn't really exist uh-huh. to make it uh, work. Although they could have cast just a younger person and said, "Oh, this is myself from twenty years ago," because they always do that when someone plays an old version of a person. Yeah. You know, like the old lady from Titanic and Kate Winslet. They don't look anything alike. That's true. That's true. But uh, we all believed it. Like we did, we we weren't like, "Hey, make uh, friggin' Kate Winslet wear old people old makeup. people makeup, or vice versa." The old lady from Titanic make her, or it's like Leo de-aged. DiCaprio or that uh, gross wet corpse they film at the beginning of the yeah. movie, just floating <laughs> in the ocean. Um. So the movie was going to be directed by because it was in development hell for so long. It was going to be directed by Tony Scott, Curtis mm-hmm. Hansen. And Joe Carnahan, these were all attached at some point, not simultaneously, yeah. obviously. R.I.P. Tony Scott and R.I.P. Curtis Hansen. Oh, he's dead. Yes. Is Joe Carnahan dead? Let's quickly find out. <laughs> typey, typey, typey. <laughs> he is still alive. But barely, right? Just, Just holding barely, on. Just barely, yeah. Yeah. Funny if he's like 61 and in great health. Known for such films as The A-Team and The Grey yeah. with uh, Liam Neeson. Liam Neeson. And Smoking Aces. Yeah. Both arguably not amazing, not bad. No. You know, somewhere in the middle. A real workman director for sure. Got to bring um, home the bacon. Some other actors besides Will Smith who were attached at some point, Harrison Ford, Robert De Niro, mm-hmm. Al Pacino, Michael Douglas, Chris O'Donnell, Mel Gibson, Tommy Lee Jones, Kevin Costner, Pierce Brosnan, Bruce Willis, John Travolta, John Voight, Denzel Washington, Johnny Depp, Nicolas Cage, Brad Pitt, Keanu Reeves, Tom Cruise, Clint Eastwood. Gerard Butler, Nick Nolte, hmm. yeah. Matt Damon, Ben Affleck, Jason Statham, Dwayne The Rock Johnson, Michael B. Jordan, Idris Elba, Arnold Schwarzenegger, Sylvester Stallone, and Sean Connery were all attached you're, at some point. You're, you're missing Danny DeVito. He was also attached <laughs> yeah. and was going to play the role yeah. briefly, but then he pulled out because he thought the they couldn't pull off the animation. I believe they're making a twin sequel. Sequel. Really, with yeah. with Schwarzenegger and Devito? Yeah, and I think there's a, I think it's called, believe it or not, triplets. Oh man, who's gonna be the triplet? Who cares? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sensing a theme. Uh, let's find out. Typey, typey, typey. My new my new catchphrase. Oh, it looks like yeah. The picture that comes up is says triplets. On IMDb, directed by Ivan Reitman with Arnold Schwarzenegger, Danny DeVito, Eddie Murphy, Tracy Morgan. Huh. So, I don't know. One of those guys That's is playing their triplet, I guess. Weird. And the other one will be the villain. Yeah. Because the original concept was, these guys are twins. One's tall, one's short. Now it's, these guys are triplets. Two are white and one's not. <laughs> I don't know. Wild. Oh, uh, crazy. Yeah, that's fun. That's fun. Um, so the film the film was shot in 3D and 4K and at 120 frames a second. But uh, so it was filmed in the 120 frames a second, which Ang Lee, the director, had previously experimented with with a film called Billy Lynn's ha- Halftime Walk, mm-hmm. um, which is the first film to experiment with 120 frames a second. Some people say it's unsettling to watch. Uh, to say nothing of the <laughs> film's content. But uh, the film was projected in the following formats. Standard 3D, Dolby Cinema, 2K Dolby Vision, 120 frames per second in brackets. 4DX, IMAX 3D, ScreenX format, 
as well in the 120 frames per second HFR high frame rate 3D plus on select screens, including 16 Dolby Cinema and 47 IMAX 3D with laser screens worldwide. But only one TCL Cinema presented the film in 3D, 4K 120 frames per second without HDR. So no one presented the movie in the native 4K Dolby Vision 120 frames a second. Mm-hmm. The film is on 4K Blu-ray, uh, which you can watch at 60 frames a second in Dolby Vision. So what you just said might be the most boring thing you've ever well, said I, so that since was on, I've met you. That was on Wikipedia, and I was surprised <laughs> how many formats the movie was shown at and how much the people cared. And I, I yeah. like I know enough about this stuff, but a lot of that is just like this is. Who cares? Like, I don't, this is nonsense to me. Yeah, that's, I hate that. Mm-hmm. I guess Dolby yeah. Vision is another word for HDR. Yeah. In a way. Yeah. Um, if people don't know. So, uh, the coolest part about the movie is that Will Smith plays an old version of himself, and then he also has a 3D rendering of himself uh, at the age of 23. Also, as Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. As the Fresh Prince, yeah. He's kind of acting against also very timely that we're talking about this because they're coming out with a Fresh Prince reboot, which is like a dramatic reboot. It's like a film, right? Yeah. It's kind of like how um, the Big Bang Theory has young Sheldon. And right. And it's like filmed in a cinematic way uh, and with no laugh track. It'll be like Euphoria. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Just like really hot 20-somethings playing teenagers, getting naked, doing drugs. Yes. Feeling real shitty. Um, so the, uh, the original Disney had, Disney was originally attached to work on this and they had a, uh, department called the secret lab, which was a visual effects department. And they created a test short called the human face project, which was their kind of calling card, um, short that was, uh, an experiment for the visual effects for this film. Uh-huh. Um, which of course is, you know, creating a CG clone of the main actor um but disney no longer was attached when they actually started making the film uh and so the visual effects as we see them are made by weta digital of lord of the rings fame Mm -hmm. and the special effects i thought it was going to be like a treat to look up some documentaries about how it was made (laughs) but it was pretty standard issue stuff yeah um yeah, I, they keep talking about in these little documentaries, like, this is going to change cinema forever. But it's like, there's literally no difference. I mean, there's a lot of difference probably in terms of the computing power and all that stuff. But it's, you know, a lot of the same technology that they used in Lord of the Rings to make Gollum is kind mm-hmm. of being used here. It's just fancier, more advanced versions of it. And they did it 15 years prior. And they did it 15 years prior. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, the, yeah, so it's a lot of just motion capture with very powerful computers, obviously. Mm-hmm. A lot of CG-generated backgrounds. Mm. Uh, and the character of Junior, which is the young version of Will Smith, is pretty much entirely a digital model. So when I was watching it, I was trying to figure out, is this just another actor with Will Smith's face on it? But a lot of the time, it's actually a digital model. So the entire thing, the body, the clothes, the guns, all actually just CG. Just like Jar Jar. I was going to... That's what I wrote in my notes, like Jar Jar. <laughs> <laughs> I, I wonder if they had a guy walking around with a Will Smith mask on and then they just erased his entire yeah. body and made a CG version. No, apparently that was the thing that they discussed in these these little videos I watched about it, uh, just about how things used to be done with like a tennis ball and you'd have to like watch the person. 
Mm-hmm. Now they just film a lot of these scenes on a soundstage and just CG that character into the the thing. And then they can also have Will Smith acting opposite the people in the real scenes, and then they can just kind of paint out his face. Cool. So they cool. just kind of painted his his old face out and put his new face in. Um. So yeah, his, so, his old like haggard husk of a being, and they're like, we're gonna put in this young hot version of you instead of the normal you, which I, is also just an extremely fit silver fox yes well i watched uh yeah i watched some of these videos will smith looks very good at his current age like yeah they, the vi- the movie actually kind of makes him look a little bit like worn down but in real life he's got a great skin yeah, yeah. he looks like he just like it looks like he's got an older head but he still like looks pretty young considering he's like 52 or something yeah so pretty wild stuff uh and here's a little excerpt from the la times article about this movie the animators studied uh, Will Smith's face and his early performing style, and they looked at research papers on the aging process to understand subtle physical changes, like how much of the nose grows in adulthood. And they poured over all the minutiae of the human face, the various types of melanin in the skin, and how they interact with light, the different layers of the eyeball, how the lips stick together slightly when the mouth opens, the fine details of tooth enamel, blah, blah, blah. And uh, and also just like pores on somebody's face. They They generated... Uh, very specific like pores just so that and then it would stretch in a very realistic way Mm -hmm. lastly the movie was a bomb it made 173 million dollars uh but it needed to grow globally globally. and it needed that's not very good it needed to gross almost 300 million dollars to break even yikes so they think that the the low opening was kind of blamed on just how the movie got panned by critics, how it kind of just looked like a generic action movie outside of the cool special effects. And Joker came out that month. Oh. And people were surprised just by how well Joker did. Yeah. So, yeah. but also it's like, I don't think you can really blame another movie necessarily on a movie bombing. It's like, no, they always want to do see though. it or they don't. They always do. Yeah. I mean, it's easy to be like, yeah, Joker did better than us. People were just really excited for Joker. It was like, well, I guess nobody was excited for Gemini, man. It's like, you yeah, could like have been the Joker movie that week, but you weren't. Yeah, and the movie would have eaten shit either way. Yeah. Even if it was competing with like Shrek the Halls or whatever. That's about all I got for Gemini, man. That's great. That's great. I like that Ang Lee is becoming known for basically taking advantage of visual effects teams in films that are overly demanding and underpaying. Yes. Because like Life of Pi famously did this, and I'm sure Gemini Man did it too. Yeah, Life of Pi, didn't that studio win in uh, an Oscar or something like that and then and promptly they, went out of business? They were bankrupt. They declared bankruptcy and won the Oscar on the same day. Wow. Isn't that funny? I don't think that's going to happen to Weta, though. They're they're doing pretty good. Yeah, Weta's fine. Weta's fine. They may even be unionized for all I know. I just know that uh, in North yeah, America, people are taken advantage of in all of the industries that involve creating uh, CGI characters, video games, or movies. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, that's uh, uh, that movie. Tell us about when uh, Harry too, met Sally. Too Harry, too Sally. I love this movie. I know that's neither here nor there. <laughs> it but truly so isn't. It you you loved it too, Mike. Oh, I really did. Yes. All right, When Harry Met Sally, released in 1989. Uh, it's directed by Rob Reiner, who uh, has given us many, many classic films. Uh, he's an actor, screenwriter, and director. He played uh, 
Michael uh, Stevik or Stuvik in All in the Family. That's right. And that was his claim to fame, and that that's how he sort of entered the industry. Um, he won two Emmys for that role, um, and then he transitioned into directing. Wait, that's his claim uh, to fame, and not being the son of Carl Reiner. Well, yeah, I mean, nepotism helped him out, but I think yeah. his career is remarkable considering his dad is Carl Reiner. Yeah, I guess so, yeah. yeah. Like, I think a lot of kids of, like, Ron Howard has kids making movies, but they're not really being talked about in the same way. Like, like Rob Reiner has made some banging movies. Yeah. Here are some of them. Stand By Me, Princess Bride, Spinal Tap, Misery, All the President's Men, Bucket List. Yes. You know, lots of great stuff um, and many, many more. Excuse me. This is Kate and Leopold Erasure. What? You know Kate and Leopold? The movie? Yeah. I've never seen it. He directed it. It's about an old-timey person who falls in love with a person in the current time. Is it good? I assume not. Nobody th- talks about it anymore. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It has I, um, <clears throat> Hugh Jackman. Oh, oh. He, the, oh, he invents an, uh, an elevator. That guy. I don't know. I've never seen it. He invents an elevator. He falls through this wormhole. He falls. It's a good movie. I saw it. Well, you didn't yeah, mention I saw it. it. Must not have been that I good. S- I, I saw it like uh, maybe three months ago. It wasn't amazing, but it wasn't like bad. Okay. Okay. I, I, I was like, this is cute. This is a cute movie. It's unremarkable. Yes. But I will say like Stand By Me, Princess Bride, Spinal Tap, Misery, All the President's Men. Those are like classics. Yes. You know? True, true classics, as is When Harry Met Sally. Yeah, Spinal Tap is awesome still. Yeah, it holds up. And that kind of uh, was the springboard for Christopher Guest. Yeah. To then, like, they invented that genre, and then he went off and just, like, made a whole life out of it. Yeah. Which is crazy. I think Spinal Tap is one of the best improvised movies, if we're to believe that it's improvised. I don't actually know how much how improvised it is. It, but it is he- heavily improvised. We watched A Mighty Wind earlier this year. Yeah. And the music is great. And yeah. there's some really funny people in it. But the comedy just seems improvised, if you know what I mean. Yeah. It's just yeah. like they're just stumbling towards a punchline sometimes. I think I think none of they all fall short. Like Best in Show falls short, Mighty Wind. Mm-hmm. Uh I haven't seen Waiting for Guffman. Whatever. That, that one's actually probably the best of the Christopher Guest ones. Oh, really? Is it also like an improvised like documentary? Yeah, it's an improvised documentary about people putting on a, a local theater show. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, I haven't seen it yet, but I want to. Yeah. I've been working my way through his filmography. You got to watch For Your Consideration. Oh. It's a hidden gem, kind yeah. of. It's yeah, not yeah. like the best, most funniest movie, but Catherine O'Hara is in it. Yeah. And she yeah. plays this unbelievable character where she's like this yeah. sad aging actor who's just getting more and more plastic surgery through the movie. And it's like this perfectly calibrated balance of like super depressing and sad and super funny. Oh, that's great. Yeah. It's like a really, it's kind of like the uh, Eugene Levy character in a mighty wind where he plays like the, the sad burnout guy. Yeah. Yeah. Who used to be something. Yeah. Who used to be something. And he's, but he's like so cartoonish, but also so sad at the same time. And it's like this weird balance of, way too big and like uh very subtle anyway sorry that was a tangent no that's okay well i'm gonna watch those films hopefully the canines do too <laughs> uh <clears throat> um nice segue written by nora efron classic 
she wrote many, many prolific rom-coms uh, like Silkwood, Heartburn, When Harry Met Sally, Sleepless in Seattle, You've Got Mary. Oh, my God. <laughs> There's something about mail. <laughs> You've Got Mail and uh, Julie and Julia. Right, right, right. Also, R.I.P. Nora Ephron. Uh, is she dead? Oh, when did she die? She died uh, 2012. Oh, oh God, I thought while. she died last year, but no, she's been dead for 10 for years 10 ago. Years. <laughs> wow. Oh, I'm not laughing at Oh, and Google says, is Zach Efron related to Nora Efron? That's a question. And they're not. They are not, no. Choose your Efron. Which is your which is the superior Efron in your eyes? Nora. Nora all the way. Yeah, I agree. I love Nora Efron. Anyway, so the film uh came to fruition uh basically with meetings between Rob Reiner, uh Andy Scheinman, the producer, and Nora Efron. And they, they had a series of meetings and they were just pitching ideas because they all wanted to make some sort of like romantic funny movie together and then the genesis basically came from uh, reiner and scheinman were both lamenting about their single lives and uh, rob reiner had just been divorced from penny marshall right yeah he was yeah he was married to penny marshall they were married for just over a decade and then they split and he was having a terrible time and he had all of these anecdotes about these horrific dates he was going on and uh this gave nora like a spark but then he he suggested he's like i'd love to make a movie but a man and a woman uh, who are friends and they know they can't have sex because it'll ruin their friendship, but then they do anyways. And then she's like, I think that's a good idea. And I think this whole process that you're going through as somebody who's being divorced is like a, a an adult and trying to date. That is an intriguing movie. So that's kind of how, how the movie came about. Uh, Harry's based a lot on Rob Reiner and a little bit on uh, Andy Scheinman. Rob Reiner was married to Penny Marshall. Um, then they divorced. He he's very like uh, sad about it, and basically had a very dark sense of humor and was very depressing to both Nora Ephron and Andy Scheinman. And uh, coincidentally, through this process, his best friend at the time, and I think they're still very very good friends, is Billy Crystal. So Billy Crystal is like helping him through this like mourning process of his divorce and getting him back out there to date. And basically, uh, the two characters like of Harry and Sally are based off of Billy Crystal and Rob Reiner and their friendship. A bunch of the scenes in the movie are based on the two of them. Like they would talk to each other all night while surfing channels on TV. Oh, wow. Billy Crystal and Rob Reiner would just like talk to each other. So Nora Ephron took that kind of idea and that dynamic and then just changed Billy Crystal's gender to be female and like wrote out the script that way. Mm-hmm. Which is really, really cool. Uh, it took several years to make the movie. These meetings happened pre-Princess Bride and Stand By Me. Rob Reiner made both of those movies. And then he did When Harry Met Sally. Um, Nora Ephron interviewed a bunch of people from their production company. And those stories were then rewritten and then played by actors. And those are the interviews you see in the movie. Mm-hmm. So they're all real stories, which is cool, but played by actors. They seemed acted. E- yeah. Well, they are. Yeah. Um, but the stories are real, which is cool. Uh, here are a list of people who all either turned down the role or ultimately weren't selected. Tom Hanks, Richard Dreyfus, Michael Keaton, and Albert Brooks. Okay. I was I was looking at my list from Gemini Man and just wanted to see if there was the same overlap, if there's any overlap. But I don't th- not really. think so. Tom Hanks was never in the running for Gemini Man. No, he wasn't. And neither was Richard Dreyfus. 
He was. Was he? No. <laughs> I wonder if any of those people are Geminis. <laughs> Guess it doesn't really matter. Anyways, I love that like inadvertently, like they they I don't know why they never looked at Billy Crystal, but ultimately Billy Crystal got the role. But I love that Billy Crystal had this like profound impact on the genesis of the film and the script without even realizing it. Yeah. And that Nora Ephron was just like soaking this all up and used it in the script. It's also cool because the movie plays with like people who are older, you know? Mm-hmm. Like they're they're adults and they have their shit together. I don't know. It's great. That's what, like a Nora Ephron kind of mo. What are their jobs? Uh, he is a political um, consultant and she's a journalist. Right. Right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. So a lot of the scenes were taken directly from Reiner and Crystal's friendship. Uh, the lady who said, "I'll have what she's having" in the cat's delicatessen scene is Rob Reiner's mother. That's correct. Yes. Um, so the cat's delicatessen scene wasn't in the original screenplay as they were shooting the film. They all felt that there wasn't enough attention on Meg Ryan's character and they wanted her. She wasn't funny enough, basically. Yeah. And the movie was very Billy Crystal heavy and they were like, oh, we, we need to balance this out. And so they thought, well, let's do a scene about like faking orgasm. And then they told the idea to Meg Ryan and it was her idea to say, why don't I just fake one? for the scene in front of Billy Crystal instead of talking about it. And then she is also the one who pitched doing it at a delicatessen. And then they shot the scene apparently all day. She had to do it like 30 or 40 times. Why? I don't know. They could have done three takes of it and it would have been good. Yeah, I I, I don't know. It's uh, That's a great question. That's a great question. Uh, the uh, Cat's delicatessen has a sign hanging over the table that says, this is where Harry met Sally. Blah blah blah. There's like a fun thing there. Mm, fun. Um, and it's it's still functioning delicatessen in New York, and it's very famous, and I'm sure impossible to get into. Yeah. Uh, the line, the last line, I'll have what she's having was a Billy Crystal idea pitched on the day, but basically that whole scene was improvised and conceived of during principal photography, which is pretty cool because it's the most famous scene from the movie. Oh wow. Yeah, which is amazing. Uh, our boy Harry Connick Jr. is featured in the soundtrack of this film, uh-huh. and he also won his first Grammy for Best Jazz Album in 1990, I think. Wait, he's our boy? How is he our boy? Oh, we love Harry Connick Jr. We Mike, do- you can't stop talking about <laughs> Harry Connick Jr. We do? Oh, okay. Yeah, you talk about him all the time. I guess I do, As yeah. soon as I hit stop on my audio recorder. You're like, anyway, so I was thinking about Harry Connick Jr. <laughs> and all, I had all these thoughts and feelings and I wanted to share them with you and see yeah, what your thoughts are. You're right, I do are. do that. I just talk about HCJ so much that I never Behind your think head about is it. every single CD yeah. that has ever been released. Yeah, even some of the rare German boot, bootlegs. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and just like VHS, like late night clips. Yeah, that I taped myself. Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry to out you, but I thought I may as well. Uh, and then lastly, uh, the film is shot by um, Barry Sonnenfeld, who uh, became a famous um, uh, dire- comedy director, and he did like Men in Black and stuff. So that's like another little Will Smith. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah, yeah. And he also shot early Coen Brothers films, which is cool. That's right. I knew that. Uh, that's pretty much all I've got. Before they moved on to Deacons full time. Yeah, yeah. Well, now, and it's uh, uh, Bruno Delbonnel. Did he film now. the Macbeth movie? Or he I did. mean, the Scottish play? Dude, 
Oh no! We're in, we're in, <laughs> a stage light fell on oh, your no, head. Oh no! Stage light fell on my head again. God. Jesus! Uh, for those keeping that, track of from Justin to Kane Cannon, that's the second time that's happened. Yes, that's right. That's right. Have we done a Macbeth movie yet? No, we haven't. No, but we have said the Scottish play's name. Oh no! <laughs> oh no! Like, uh, like <laughs> oh, fell on Bob's head. Ow! 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 <laughs> oh man! I should have learned from your mistake, but I made the exact same mistake. Is it the, the? I guess when you're talking about that, do you call it the Scottish movie, the Scottish play movie, the Scottish play movie? Because they're 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 just playing, right? They're no, just playing right. they're in just the playing. movie. Yeah, at the very <laughs> end, um, Denzel Washington looks into the camera and says, "Thanks for playing with me, guys." <laughs> <laughs> I hate you. I hate you, Mike. Samesies. We're in the Samesies corner now, everyone. Yeah, the Samesies Enough zone. talk of the Scottish play. Uh, yeah, so what you got? No, I'll start because I feel like I don't have that many good ones and you probably have the exact same ones and you're going to steal them from me. Yeah, so then we get points. I don't know if people know this, but we get points. Yeah, we both have tally boards and Mike wins every single friggin' week. Yes, I'm the same. Because he puts can... in a marginally more uh, effort into samesies. I mean, that Anyways, is true. There's both a uh, crucial scene, not crucial, like a, a big scene at a college that oh, like yeah, bookends right. the movie. So when Harry Met Sally starts at college and Gemini Man ends at college. Mm, I can actually jump on that. Ooh, both movies spicy. begin with a vehicle going on a long trip. Uh, in Gemini oh, Man, yeah, there's right. a train where he has to shoot somebody in a train. Yeah, and then in uh, when Harry met Sally, they drive across the country. Yeah, or I guess no, they're just driving from what Chicago to New York or something like that. Chicago to New York takes eighteen hours. Yeah, really, it's not that far away. America is uh, way bigger than it looks. Yeah, it is massive. I mean, it's like you look at Edmonton to Vancouver. You're like, that's not that far, and it takes you twelve hours. hours. Yeah, if you if you like pedal to the metal. If you do, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, so they both start with it in a vehicle going on a long trip, and then yes. they both end with explosions. There's a bunch of uh, cans filled with gasoline or whatever that get shot, and they just blow up in this building. Yeah. Uh, and then there's also fireworks at the end of um, When Harry Met Sally, because of uh, New Year's. That's right. That's right. Well, m- let, me, let me piggyback on that. So both films have uh, sort of, uh, male female relationships that start out antagonistic mm-hmm. okay via the journey they go on and then yep. by the end they become very close that's true yeah yeah and you there's a will they won't they kind of energy throughout too yeah there's a will smith they will smith not <laughs> they <laughs> uh, that didn't work too too well here's a fun fact about both movies Ooh, this is actually kind of uh wild this is a funsies. This is a funsy samesy for sure. So yeah. Gemini Man stars Will Smith and Mary Elizabeth Winstead. Yes. And When Harry Met Sally, Billy Crystal and Meg Ryan. So man-woman couple. So Will Smith and Billy Crystal both were former sitcom stars. Billy Crystal mm-hmm. was on Soap and Will Smith was on The Fresh Prince. That's he right. was the titular Fresh Prince. And Billy That's Crystal right. played the titular Bar of Soap. That's right. He was just sudsing it up everywhere he went. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was. Uh, very controversial. A lot of people, there's a lot of negative feedback for the show because they're like, a talking bar of soap? Okay. People were mad. Yeah. No, they were actually mad because he played a gay character. 
And it oh, was this, and it was the late seventies. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Unrelated, interesting. unrelated. Although Will Smith famously played a gay character in Six Degrees of Separation. Did he? So they both kind of got their fame. Never from seen that movie. Being sitcom stars and playing gay characters. And then Mary Elizabeth Winstead and Meg Ryan both got their start on soap operas. Wow. So Meg Ryan was on As the World Turns. Yeah. And Mary Elizabeth Winstead was on Passions. Wow. That was really good. Looking up, I was like, where did Meg Ryan start? I don't even remember the first movie I saw her in. She just was always there. Yeah, yeah. Did um, you ever see that weird movie she was in with Mark Ruffalo? It's like a murder mystery in from the 2003. Yeah, I never saw it in the cut. You I know, should. I know it's, of it. It's insane. I think, didn't it kill her career kind of? Yeah, it's it's the last movie she's in and it's absolutely insane. Yeah. There's okay. just a scene. Yeah, there's some crazy shit in there, man. You should check it out. Is it, it a out. good it's movie on though? Netflix. Is it good? Mm-hmm. No. Jane, no, didn't Jane Campion direct it? Uh, she might have. Yeah, I, I think know. she did. It's very edgy. It feels like a Jane Campion film. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'll check it out. Yeah, yeah. It's worth a watch, and it's just like the acting is insane. The plot is insane. It's in New York, similarly to When Harry Met Sally, and it's just like clearly Meg Ryan was like, "I'm not the rom com lady anymore. Like, yeah. I'm going to be, you know, a little more hardened and bitter now." And uh, it's a crazy movie. I remember watching it and going, what the actual fuck is going on? Hmm. Yeah, so definitely worth uh, checking out. Why is Meg Ryan not in movies? Because she was the queen of the movies for a while. I don't know what, like, why she isn't doing stuff anymore. She would still be great. Like, she's still alive. She's still doing stuff. She, she oh, I'm just, I'm just online. She was in Kate and Leopold. Yes, that's right. That's right. What year was Kate and Leopold? Uh, 2000, 2000. Right, 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 right. Yeah, she's the female lead. Um, yeah, I guess she quit acting after In the Cut. Why? She just hated the criticism and tabloid scrutiny, according to this article on famous website, suggest.com. But who knows? Ah, <laughs> oh, geez. She did. Yeah, okay. She did direct a movie in 2015. What is she it? She did act in it a little bit. Uh, it's called Ithaca, and it stars Sam Shepard, Alex Newstater, Tom Hanks, and her son Jack, presumably Jack Ryan of the Tom Tom Clancy of the Tom character? Clancy books. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> she birthed the Tom Clancy character. Ay ay ay! I love that. Oh, and she's married to John Cougar Mellencamp. Seriously? I guess so. Yeah. She also is, uh, according to this article on Suggest.com has an estimated net worth of $85 million. So she doesn't need to work if she doesn't want to. You know what's funny? There's always these, you know, estimations of what these stars are worth. But that is not capital sitting in their bank account. It's just an arbitrary number that's calculated via box office and like external product that they don't have like access to. Yeah, I know that Meg so. Ryan famously has a lot of stock in Amazon and she's got so much crypto and NFTs. Oh, really? Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah. She's really into the blockchain. Right, right. She loves proof of work, mining, <laughs> all that good stuff. Oh, yeah. You, you can't get her to shut up about it. <laughs> <laughs> Too busy talking about that. She's not going to make any more movies. I know. She's like, sorry, guys. Yeah. You got really just, just distracted by NFTs in the blockchain. I'm going to make yeah. some movies soon. But for real, watch In the Cut because it blew my mind. Not in a good way. I was just like, this is fucking insane. Mm. Maybe, yeah. It sounds sounds like her and Jane Campion were like, let's just 
let's just go for it. Let's be bad. It's it's good to be bad. Yeah, yeah, and it's it's a wild time, man. It's okay. worth a watch. Yeah, yeah. Uh, back to Samesies though. That was a nice yeah, we're in diversion. the Samesies corner. Goddamn it! Well, that was the diversion corner. Right, right. <laughs> not the divergence corner. No, the diversion corner. Yeah, we're not going to talk about the divergence movies. I'm uh just as another side note. Fuck it. Here we are. Another divergence. <laughs> we're in the divergence. Uh, Love and Harry Potter. Read the first book in three days. Yeah. Well, yeah, I'm of course, borrow... it's a friggin' child's book. Yeah, I know. Everyone loves bringing up is written for children, <laughs> but three days, pretty good. Yeah, bragging about reading a child's book quickly. Okay, go on, go on. <laughs> it's like 350 pages. Yeah, I guess so. You frigging guy. <laughs> um, anyways, I'm excited. I'm going to try to read all the books in the next month and a half. Okay. Good for you. Yeah, you I jerk. guess do a report on it. I expect a book report when you're done. Yeah, yeah. It'll, I'll make a PDF for a Patreon. You got to pay to, pay through the paywall and you'll get this sweet book report I made. We should uh, actually do from j- our first episode of From Justin to Page. I agree. I agree. We, we, we talk about the Harry Potter books. Why not? Yeah. Well, have you finished Hunger Games? No. When do you think you'll be done? Mm, a long time. Well, you're done the first book. No, I'm still like a third through it. Oh, yeah, that's fair. If it sucks, don't finish it. Maybe it's just because I'm, maybe it's because my, yeah, I think it's just because my genius brain, uh, you know, isn't entranced by a child's book like some of us. So I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) You're a jerk. (laughs) Listen, I haven't read a book in two years and I was like, dang, I read a book in three days. That's pretty good. I still got it. Even though, yes, it was written for children in 1997. Yes. Kids were dumber in 97 too. So it's even easier to read. Every time I read a book, I'm always just like. Wow, you ever you ever do this? You ever read these things? These are great. <laughs> I I forget the the feeling of finishing a book. Yeah. And it's great. It is great, yeah. Yeah. Also friggin' yeah. books, they take forever to read. They they can. Yeah. Why not watch a movie that's an hour and a half versus a you know, 10 to 16 hour version of the same story? I ask myself that every day, Mike. Mm. And then I watch Too Hot to Handle season three. Okay. And then I'm like, what am I doing? I am the problem. You are the problem. Ugh. Okay, let's get back Anyways, to the Samesy corner. Back to the Samesies. Jeez, Louise, Mike. Both movies have characters looking at the camera and talking directly to it. Because in When Harry Met Sally, the old people, you know, in the documentary sections, looking yes. right in the camera and talking to it. There's so many scenes in Gemini Man where there's like one of the characters is staring right in the lens and you're like, are they talking to me? And then it cuts to the other character they're talking to. And it's edited in such an awkward way sometimes. Do you notice that? So, man, I watched this movie like a month and a half ago. And I'm having a hard time recalling some of these. Oh, I finished it today. So that's why. I know. It's very fresh in your mind. I should have just rewatched it. I had the time. No, you shouldn't have had to. (laughs) I just wish I could be like, yes, I remember they broke the fourth wall. You don't have to. You can just pretend nobody cares. Nobody's watching these movies along with us. Nobody is like. In, invested in like that aspect of them the thing. that's true and maybe that's they true. watched it they're going to watch it because we talk about it i don't know but um but we give it all away man just yeah. plot spoilers left left right and center you know what i mean my theory is that ang lee who is not a crappy director and is no. not a an incompetent man by any means hulk is a great film yeah he I think did that on purpose. I think whenever a character is talking about mirrors, they look into the camera. 
I think Isn't so. Isn't that a little on the nose? I think a little. Well, yeah, he kept talking about looking in the mirror a bunch of times, and it was a bit okay. on the nose. I was like, oh, nice thematic setup for what's to come. <laughs> but the script is god-awful for this movie. Yeah, like when you're working with garbage, what what do you expect to make out yeah. of it? You know what I mean? Like the best you can do is some sort of hobbled together piece of garbage yeah. made out of smaller pieces of garbage. <laughs> yeah. Um, both movies uh, have a large portion take place near a large body of water. Oh, great. It, it, that's a real good one, isn't it? Well, you've said that one in the past. Yeah, and I'm going to use it again because yeah, it's I mean, gold and it's, it's you, universal. You keep it in your tool belt for sure. I, I know it's almost like saying characters have to breathe. Yes. <laughs> but I'm going to fucking stick to it. Yeah, no, okay. there was water by characters in both movies for sure. Yeah. There's young and old versions of characters represented in both films. That's right. We see right. Meg Ryan and Billy Crystal in college and then we see them as you know middle-aged people. Yeah. Um. Somehow their skin looks identical, but their hair haircuts change. That's right. That's right. And their ears and noses, like the cartilage, seem to have stayed the same size, even though they would have grown theoretically. Is that a thing? That's what the Gemini Man special effects team they analyze that stuff. Your bones still grow like marginally. No, no, no. Your cartilage doesn't stop growing. I think so. Your nose, oh. so your nose and your ears will continue to get bigger. But not the rest of it. And your then that's body. how you look like a bank teller at Gringotts. Yes. <laughs> that's a Harry Potter reference for all y'all. Okay, this one, this one's loose. This is a loose thing, but there's some sort of similarity with the the date scene when Oh, here's what it is. So uh who's the female lead of Gemini Man? What's her name? Mary Elizabeth Winstead. Mary Elizabeth Winstead is trying to set up Will Smith's character by being undercover and surveilling him, Mm -hmm. okay? And in When Harry Met Sally, Harry and Sally set up their two best friends with each other, and it all is a disaster. Both incidences is a disaster. Sparks fly, but not in a good way. That is a great use of uh, the double meaning of setup. Thanks. That is what this podcast is all about. Yeah, it's called uh, just stretching nonsense to some sort of idea and then <laughs> explaining it half-assed and people are like, wow, that's really smart. Yeah, basically this conspiracy theory kind of way of speaking <laughs> yeah. about things. This is some ancient aliens bullshit we're doing, but with movies. Yeah, good good job. That was a great samesy. Yeah. Both movies are about characters looking for their mirror image. And by that yes. I mean in Gemini Man, he's looking for his mirror image of his himself. Literally. And then yep. when Harry met Sally, you're looking for your mirror of your heart. Aww. You know? That's nice. And they were right there all along. Yes. Yes. Uh, I guess both characters feature uh, lonely protagonists. Mm-hmm. Will Smith is lonely, doesn't have love. Yes. And uh, Harry and Sally are both lonely for yeah. large portions of the film. Even though they have each other, they like don't date and they don't have love and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Well, I'll even take that a step further. Both feature male characters who are haunted by their past. Right. Because Billy Crystal is talking about his ex-girlfriend and Will Smith in Gemini Man's ex-wife. His ex-wife, right. And Will Smith in Gemini Man's always talking about how he just has bad nightmares and insomnia. And he keeps talking about ghosts all the time. But not like literal ghosts. They're just obviously he's haunted by something. 
Yeah, yeah. So he's a, yeah, it's the same movie. They're they're identical in every single way. Another same Z I got. Yeah. Lots of sitting and talking or walking and talking where characters <laughs> just explain things to each other. As in yeah. Gemini Man, it has some really awesome action scenes. Yeah. Like the motorcycle chase scene was awesome. There's so many cool yes. parts to that. Just where he kicks a motorcycle at him. Awesome stuff. Uh, yeah. But then every other scene when there's not guns in, at play, uh, they're just literally just sitting across a table from each other and explaining the plot of the movie to you. Just exposition yeah, dumping. Yeah, just exposition at, ta- at sitting at tables or yes, walking and yes. talking and exposition dumping. And hey, in I When Harry Met Sally, they do a lot of that, but it's just talking about uh, the difference between men and women. That's cinema, my man. That's cinema, my man. Uh, this is my last one, and this is more of a like a, an external similarity. Both uh-huh. films are made by... Uh, directors who usually don't write their own screenplays. Mm, okay. But instead hire very talented ones. Like Rob Reiner's worked with some of the best screenwriters in history. And I assume Ang Lee's like worked with some really cool screenwriters too. Oh, yeah. Well, he directed The Ice Storm, which is a well-written movie. Yeah, there you go, Frick. And, uh, you know, Life of Pi. Yeah, I only have one more same Z in is that both movies, the main character... The male main character has a kind of gruff, mustachioed friend. I, 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 there was a similarity there, and I couldn't put my finger on it. And you did. Well, I mean, in When Harry Met Sally, that character's played by Bruno Kirby. Yep. R.I.P. Yeah, um, R.I.P. A, a lot of people died in these R- R.I.P. Uh... Yeah, Carrie Fisher. Yeah, Carrie Fisher. Man, this is sad. Yeah. I didn't realize we were doing a memoriam episode. I know. We should just like put, play some music and just say names <laughs> of people who died in these two movies. <laughs> oh, um, yeah. So anyway, Bruno Kirby's in uh, When Harry Met Sally. And the character who plays, I can't remember the actor's name, but he plays the character Baron in yeah. uh, Gemini Man. He's like the Asian Bruno Kirby in a lot of ways. Yes. They kind of look similar and similar vibe, similar kind of character. Also, these movies are fun to watch. Like, I know sometimes we pick alienating films, but if you need something to watch, these two are cool, and they're a super weird double feature. They definitely are, yeah. Um, But worth it. But When Harry Met Sally, what are your thoughts on this movie? When Harry Met Sally is like five out of five milk bones. I think it's a master class in just like the basics of storytelling and like composition. Yeah, okay. There's no bells and whistles, you know what I mean? No, but it's engaging. The jokes are funny. Yeah, and you can tell it's written humor. Yeah. Like, they, they like, did it. It was like, this script is funny. Let's shoot this script instead yeah. of being like, oh, man, let's get eight cameras and just wing it. Yeah. Which you and I both detest on some level. On some level, yeah. How do you feel about When Harry Met Oh, I love it. It's a great movie. I watched it uh, recently, and it's been a long time since I saw it, but it's, uh, it's a classic. Yeah. Maybe yeah, the greatest rom-com ever. I, I think it is. I think it is number one. It's a gold standard. Although Nora Ephron, like a lot of her films are the top five. Of of rom-coms. Yes, yes. Yeah, she kind of created the, the tropes for a lot of rom-com stuff that has uh, been done poorly by other people, but kind of, and also well, it's it has cool. cynically been recycled, I would say. Y- yeah, well, it's cool because I think Sleepless in Seattle and You've Got Mail both break all the rules, but are good rom-coms. Yeah. Whereas like a film like The Proposal or, you know, Two Week Notice or something is a different beast mm-hmm. altogether and much more cliche. Yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, that's neither here nor there. How do you how do you feel about Gemini Man? Uh, I actually enjoyed it. I thought the action was awesome. I didn't think yeah. that the, the Uncanny Valley special effects were all that bad. Yeah, it actually was pretty convincing for the most part. I mean, the yeah. problem is the technology is so cool uh, that you just spend more time staring at the character's face trying to figure out whether you're seeing an Uncanny, Uncanny Valley or not. It's really hard to actually get immersed in it. Yeah, instead of watching them explain the movie while walking down the street. Yeah. So yeah, that which was, is what you actually want to be doing. Yeah, exactly. So I found that that part didn't really work for me. I just kind of was distracted by the technology still. So it's still mm-hmm. new enough that I'm not like immersed in the movie. But uh, I don't know. I thought it was a uh, pretty sweet, pretty sweet. If you want a good action film that uh, has some cool special effects and lots of shooting, and that's about it. Uh, yeah, that sum- sums it up. Sums mm-hmm. it up. Your thoughts? I'd say like two milk bones out of five. It's fine. I don't think it's anything special. And you shouldn't just like love a movie because the special effects are cool. No. But I think that's like what they were leaning on. Yeah. yeah. Less less story, more like, whoa, there's a Fresh Prince Will Smith and a old gross Will Smith. Also, as someone who's watched Lord of the Rings kind of recently... Gollum kind of really sticks out in that movie. Like literally he sticks out because he's not a real person. Yeah. Um, and so like the special effects, which were amazing at the time, kind of haven't really aged well as TVs got nicer. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. I feel like Gemini man will be the same thing in maybe 15 years. We'll look at it and be like, man, I can't believe their face looks like trash. Mm, say the, say the catchphrase, Bob. This feels over. Uh, definitely feels over now, though. We've really milked this dry. We've know? milked this bone dry for sure. <laughs> uh, uh, great. Thanks, canines, for listening to this epi. Um, yes. Uh, come back next week when the movies are The Matrix, the original Matrix, not Resurrections. And then the bad movie is Cool as Ice, starring Vanilla Ice. Yes. The titular Ice. The iciest of ice. Yes. So that is our episode next week. Uh, Come back. Same canine time. Same canine channel. Same bullshit next week. All right. Bye. Okay, bye.